0: You are listening to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. Don't forget, whatever stage of life you're walking through, or sometimes stumbling, it's important to look above and anchor yourself to the one who controls it all. The best part of life is finding your people, people who walk with you through the fire. That's what we're here for daily inspiration burning questions answered, and how to always look above. I'm Brooke. And I'm Peyton. And we are Struggling Struggling Beautifully. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. Today, we are going to be getting in a very tough question. And it's, how can God be a good God and allow good people to go to hell? Now, I'm using this outline. Um, It's a course that I've been taking. And God's timing is so perfect to the fact that I could be able to take this course, which is answering a lot of the questions that you guys have been answering, like how can God allow suffering, how can God allow people to go to hell, all these different things that you guys have asked, I've been able to learn about. And I think that's so cool. So if you're looking further into these questions, I recommend looking up the bridge course. Um, there's a virtual option that you can take. And I just think it's it's been very beneficial to me um, in order to be filled with truth about these things. So. Let's just hop into the question of how can God be a good God and allow good people to go to heaven? So, first, I want us to define what good is. A lot of times, we think that we are good in comparison to other people. So, I think that girls do this all the time. You know, we compare our beauty to other people. Well, I don't feel quite as ugly as her, but I'm also not as pretty as her. So, I think I fit kind of in this range. Same thing with good and evil. You know, I'm not in detention every day, but I. I'm not perfect. I'm not a goody-two-shoes either. So when you put yourself on that scale of how good you are, you might look at the five and go a little bit above. That's what the bridge course has been talking about. So, how good is good enough in order to be pardoned from hell? So I'm gonna to go to the first day because the first day was actually really good in evaluating how good we are. So this is very important to understand that if you have broken one of these laws, you're guilty of breaking it all. And in James 2.10, it says, for whoever keeps the whole law and stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. So think about a necklace. If I break one chain, the whole necklace itself is broken. Same thing with the law. So we are called to live by this law perfectly. So I want you to hold up 10 fingers. We're going to do that TikTok trend. And if you have broken one of these laws, you're going to put a finger down. Okay. We'll go. So the first one, you shall have no other gods before me. No, God's the only God. So are you worshiping another God? Okay. You shall make, you shall not make for yourself any idol. An idol can be anything that you put above God. It could be sleep, done that. Anything that you get angry about, anything like that. Like I used to get mad that people would say that I'm bad at basketball because I idolized basketball. That was my identity above Christ. So I've broken that one. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. How many times have we said OMG or I hear GD a lot around school? I've done it. Okay. Broken that one. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. This was a day that we took in order to just learn about Jesus, just to be in Jesus' presence um, and give a whole day to God. I struggled to give even like 30 minutes to God a day. Like, it's a struggle and it's it's understandable, but I've broken that law many times. Honor your father and mother. I think almost everyone can put another finger for that because it is hard to listen to your parents. Um, you shall not murder. I'm gonna put it down, but don't freak out. It, it's in the Bible. It says, First John three fifteen. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. So murdering can just be to hate somebody. Have you ever hated somebody before? That is considered murder. You shall not commit adultery. Adultery, it says even to lust after someone. Even if a man, even if a man looks at a woman lustfully, he has committed adultery in his heart. I've definitely had moments of lust. Um, so I am an adulterer. You shall not steal. I remember in first grade, I literally stole like a whole bunch of blocks to play with them and then just bring them back. So, yes, I've stolen. You shall not lie. I'm pretty sure everyone does lie and you shall not covet. That is to envy or covet anything that someone else has that you want. Um, So I have committed, like I've broken nine out of 10 of those laws. So we know that even if you have broken one, you have broken the whole law. Well, I've broken nine of them. I basically already broke the whole law just by living, like not even just by breaking one and breaking it all. Like I've just broken all by myself. So I want you to understand that um, this is the standard we are held to. And if you've broken one, you've broken all of it. So I want you to sit here and I want you to debate yourself. Look at how many fingers you put now. If you have all 10 up, nice, good for you. But if you have put one down, you deserve hell. We all deserve hell. That's why in Romans... Three, it says, no one is good, not even one. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God because we cannot keep this law. So why even is there a law? The law, God knew we were going to keep it. He knew we couldn't. We absolutely could not keep his law. But it is put there in order to show us our sin. So if you're sitting here right now and you're saying, man, I put 10 fingers down. I have broken every single law by myself. I want you to know that God put this law here to show you your sin. And that might sound really cruel, but the reason why we need to see our sin is in order to see God's love for us and his mercy for us. That is where how can God be good and allow people to go to hell comes in. Hell is the punishment for our sins. We've broken this law. We deserve hell. That is our punishment. That is our rightful punishment. If a murderer has committed murder one time, they deserve to go to jail. And if that judge says, I'm feeling like I'm in a good mood today. You've been an overall good person. You just murdered one person. So I'm going to let you go. And that person was your sister or your brother or your mom. I said, mama, but your mom, how's that going to make you feel? That's not right. We know that's not right. It's because God has instilled a sense of good and evil in our souls to know that that's not okay. Well, same thing with God. How good would God be if he allowed murderers, if he allowed any of us who have broken this law to go to heaven? That's not right. The expectation isn't perfect at that point. And then almost anyone can get into heaven, right? But the thing is we've all broken this law and we all fall short and we all deserve hell. And you might be asking the question, well, isn't hell too extreme of a punishment? Well, this is the example that Bridge brought up that really kind of clarified my view on this too, because I actually have asked this question before. Think about it this way. If you commit a sin or you do a wrong against your neighbor What's the consequence for that? It's not nearly as much as if you wronged the president of the United States. If you wrong him, how much greater is that consequence? Let's just say you wrecked your neighbor's car. Okay, you might owe a few dollars. But if you wrecked the president's car, you might own some money and you might be in some legal problems. It's going to be way greater of a consequence than just your neighbor. Well, now think about wronging an eternal being, being God. You deserve an eternal punishment for that. So hell is not too extreme because you are wronging the creator of the universe. who was there before anything else was. You have wronged the creator. And God doesn't judge you like you deserve to be judged anyways. He has enough mercy on us to allow us to live this life. He, he literally allows us to live our life how we please to. You know, he lets us live in sin and he wants us to choose to love him. He doesn't force us to love him. How good would God be if he forced us to follow him and force us to love him? No, he literally gives us the freedom to choose sin over him. And that breaks his heart. Teddy Robinson brought up this example of she was talking to this homeless guy. She didn't have money and she just had a Bible. She said, I have nothing else, but I do have this and I want to give it to you. And he said, No, I don't want it. And she was like, why just take it? It's okay. And he's like, I'm an atheist. You don't understand. I don't, I can't take that, but someone else will need that. And she just wanted to lay it on the ground. She he said, No, please take that. And she didn't understand. And she talked about how she felt that pain that she just wanted to be able to give this truth to him. And it broke her. Um, because he just didn't want to take it. Same thing with God. I think he places the truth right in front of us, but we still reject it. And he wants to give it to us so bad. He's like, look here, take it, just take it. And we want nothing to do with it, but ultimately it is our choice. And God gives us that choice. And, and God loves us so much that because he knew we couldn't keep this commandment, he sent his son to die for us so that we did have an option. You know, we couldn't keep the law but we can choose to have a relationship with God and to know his love for us because we're still going to sin. We still can't keep it. We're not perfect. But that relationship with God, he covers all of our sins. He does. And he writes his name on every sin in his blood. I just I just think that's, that's the beauty of Christianity is the fact that we can't keep the law. But yeah, God loves us so much that he died for us. He was the eternal sacrifice for us. And so in the Old Testament, we were supposed to live by this law. And if you couldn't keep it, you had to sacrifice animals. That's why when Adam and Eve saw they were naked, God asked, well, how do you know you're naked? Who told you you're naked? And it's because they understood good from evil at this point because they ate of the tree so god had to kill an animal an innocent animal and able to be able to produce clothing to cover them and to cover their sins therefore it took one life in order to cover another's well now when jesus died for our cross this is what i think is crazy that i literally just learned but the death of christ his life covered ours so that just believing in him and trusting in him, having a relationship with him. One produces you to want to keep his law, even though you're going to fall short. But it brings you with Christ, it brings you up to Christ because you were covered in his son's blood. So one, hell is not too extreme because you are wronging an eternal being that deserves an eternal consequence. Two. God is still a good God because although you have broken this law, he doesn't kill you right on the spot. They gave the story and it's a true story about this teacher. So he gave three different tests. All right. The first test about 10 people come up and they don't have their paper and he has mercy on him. And he's like, okay, well just have your paper next time. Pardon them. They come back. 20 students don't have their paper and they're not nearly as sorry, but they say, Hey, I don't have my paper, and he says, "Okay, just make sure you have it next time." Well, the third and final paper comes around, and about thirty people come up without a paper, and they do not care. They're not sorry. They're just like, "Hey, I don't have my paper," and he goes, calls the first guy up, "Hey, do you have your paper?" No, F. Second guy, do you have your paper? No, F. He screams, "That's not fair! That's not fair!" And he says that's not fair. Well, you didn't have your paper last time. So now you have two Fs. So I think that we get accustomed to mercy and this is what we were talking about at uh, this course is we get accustomed to mercy so that when we get what we deserve we think it's not fair. When it's not even fair that we get mercy. We don't, it's not even fair that we get the opportunity to choose to love God and that we get the opportunity to live a life like for sinners who don't come to know Christ this is the best it gets. But for, for people who know Christ and who love Christ and who are saved, this is the worst it gets because it's going to get better with him in heaven. And I think that's the beauty is that God is a merciful God, but he's also a rightful judge and you can't have one without the other. And he allows you the opportunity to choose to love him. So all in all, heaven is not too extreme. Of consequence because we have wronged an eternal being who all he has done is tried to pursue us. All he has done is tried to give out his love. He has sacrificed his son, although we rejected him. He has sent us countless warnings. He literally gave us a law to stand by. He gave us the Bible. He gives us the word. He gives us other people who know of him, talking about him, giving his word. He gives us all of these things. To turn away from our sins, repent, and follow him. That's all he asks, is just to love him, have a relationship with him. That's all he asks. And because we choose not to, and we have broken that law, we are held to. It. Now, God doesn't do it joyfully. He doesn't rejoice in the fact that we reject him. He doesn't want to send us to hell, but he has to in order to be a truthful, righteous judge. He has to. If he didn't, he wouldn't be a good God and he would actually be a God of lies. I mean, how happy will we be if God had mercy on a murderer? Like, that'd be terrible, right? So he's a righteous judge, but he's also a loving one. And he's offered you a way out. And if you reject that, he has to judge you according to what you have done. And I think that's very important. Um, This is a very good question and it's not an easy topic um, to understand, but I want you to know that God does love you. And if you are looking at this law and you've understood that you have broken just one and you see the depths of your sin, I want you to understand that it doesn't end there. You are recognizing your sin and that is a first step. And I know it it might seem like God might be pushing you away and that he doesn't love you, but he's calling you to know him. He's calling you to a relationship with him. And that's all that it takes. And I know even as Christians, we can sit here, we can be upset and we can doubt if we're really saved. And that's what next, next week's question is, is how can you ensure that you're saved and you're going to heaven? I know that you can doubt it, but it's not your works. God says that works are like filthy rags to Him. He's already paid that cost. He's already paid what it costs for you to go to heaven out of His love for you. And just choosing to love Him and having a relationship and seeking after Him, it's all it takes. It's that easy. We no longer have to live by this law. This law is to be a mirror of our sin and to point us to Christ. And that is just the conclusion of today. Um, I would love for you guys to ask any more questions. You can, um, go to our Instagram at struggling beautifully pod. And there we have the link to, um, the burning questions series, um, question entry, our newest videos and podcasts and our YouTube channel. Um, there's a lot of information there. Um, so I just want you guys to know how much God loves you. Um, and even if right now, you know, that you are a sinner, I pray for you just to repent of your sins, turn to Christ and just get to know him. Cause he wants you exactly where you are. You don't have to better yourself in order to go to him. He came down to us. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. If you ever heard, um, the song, Lord, thank you. It talks about once your enemy now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. His blood has washed away your sins. That is so beautiful that we were once his enemy and now we're seated at his table because his blood has washed away our sins. Um, So have a great night, day, week, whatever time you're watching this. I love you guys and God bless.